0: everyone. My name is Dan, the online pastor here. Welcome to the podcast today. It's actually one of three that are part of Parkview On The Go. And if you haven't checked out our On The Spot podcast, boy, that'd be a great next step. Just have a listen. We think you'll really enjoy it. Before we jump in, I want to just mention a couple of quick things. First of all, we've got a brand new online study group launching soon, and that's a great way to grow in your faith and connect with others in a season when we all know that's more important than ever. You can just head on over to parkviewchurch.com slash online study to learn more and get yourself signed up for that. And then, hey kids, we want you to know that we're bringing all the fun of summer jam to your house. You might know Summer Jam is Vacation Bible School, but since we're not able to host that at our physical locations, we still want to bring all the stories and the music and the games and cool stuff about Summer Jam right to you. You can find out more and get yourself registered at parkviewchurch.com slash summer jam. And also, don't forget to invite your friends and your neighbors to experience all that fun with you right in your own neighborhood. Well, thanks again for joining us today, everyone. I am excited for us all to unite together again today, wherever you are in the world and whatever you happen to be doing, to share this experience together.
1: Here with my friend Montel Jordan, best and friend, best friend, my BFF. I, I mean that. I really, um, I really want you to move to Chicago and be on our staff, man. You are so much. <laughs> cooler than Todd Clark. I, I mean, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. And his Volkswagen thing <laughs> and his longboard. You are you are my coolest pastor friend. And you're gonna be preaching for us here in a couple of weeks. And yeah. I can't wait for the congregation to hear that um, because I just want you to bring the word and, and preach. But I, I gotta tell you up front, I just met last night with our eldership. And one of the things we did was we just went around and had everybody tell their story in relation to race. Mm. and. You know, even even you know, old an older white person with their story of race. There's always a story, and I think yeah. that's super important that we start to recognize that at this point. Sure. And 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 that's why I wanted to do this with you. And I'm I'm really going to be here to listen. But mm. for the white people listening to me now, um, tell me tell us what to say and not to say during this time of tension if it's somebody that maybe we marginally know. I mean, if it's my black friend, it's one thing, but like, I just, I wanna, I, every, every black person I see, I just wanna run up and, and give them a hug and ask them don't, how they're don't doing. Don't do that. And, and that kind of feels don't, weird, don't, especially, don't. you know, now, coronavirus. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh,
2: excellent question. So let me, let me give you just a little context. We We are friends and if people would look at me and maybe think, well, what does what what do I bring to the table uh, to these conversations? One, uh, I am uh, upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm, t- I'm all the things that you see when you cut on the news and you see another person. This and another. Oh, this happened again, mm-hmm. and you see these devastated people. I am that guy, yeah. and my wife is that girl. Yeah, but we're not devastated to the point of where we cannot communicate so that those who don't feel the devastation can at least understand or acknowledge that that it does exist. Mm-hmm. So I am here uh, for White America. I want to help you understand what it is to say or what not to say. And so to answer your question directly, um, one of the things that comes to mind is um, you don't have to understand it, you don't have to agree with it, uh, but it's acknowledging that we have very, very different experiences here uh, in our nation and the way our nation was founded Mm -hmm. and all over the world. But specifically here in the United States of America, we have a system uh, that favors uh, others over others. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in that, I think what when when a person uh, that is not black, when a white person says, I want to know what to say, I, I feel like I should say something. Because I saw what seemed to be evil. I believe there's, there's God in me that allows me to look at a, a scenario of what happened with George Floyd and say, hey, if the world seems like they've awakened to something, I want to say something. But I don't know what to say because I don't know what my white friends are going to say if I step out here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what black people are going to say mm-hmm. if, I, if I say something. And so what I would say to you uh, is if you don't know what to say, say that. If you if if you don't if you don't know what to say, you don't have to say, oh, I know what you're going through, or you don't have have to do that. If you don't know what to say, say that. Say, I don't know what to say. But I love you, I'm listening, and I'm learning. And if I don't know what to say, but I love you and I'm listening. And I'm learning, I think I'll probably unpack some of that in, in a couple of weeks, but um, those are pieces to the puzzle that says uh, you're moving from a passive uh, from a, a passive sympathy uh, to an active empathy. That is, the, I'm moving from, oh, I feel sorry for you, mm-hmm. to, man, I'm feeling with you. Yeah. And when you do that, that says, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't agree with certain things... I, I can still feel in this thing with you and you're not in it alone. So I, I feel like even though
1: I'm an older white guy um, and I grew up you know, mostly in Oklahoma, so I, I, I feel like for that guy, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty open racially um, and I've had adverse reactions to white privilege and, 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 and all that kind of stuff except that now I, I really think I get it in a, in a very different way, and I know that I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. So isn't, is, is that the place for me to start as a white person is to go, look, i got to stop thinking that I get it. i got to stop thinking that I'm not a racist. I have to start being anti-racist, and I have to start listening to your story.
2: Is that fair? I, I think that is fair. Um, I think more than... Uh, you said it right there, it's not, I think it's apathy. I think, and when I say apathy, uh, it's not so much the people who have been oppressed. It's not so much people who have benefited from oppression. Uh, Right now we're in a place, there there are people who just don't care Mm -hmm. one way or the other. That's true. And that's where the challenge comes in, where it's not that you are racist. It's not that uh, someone uh, is privileged. It is, When you don't, when you see evil, when you see injustice and you say nothing, that's where the challenge comes in. That's even revelations, that's scripture where God says, be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm because I'll spit you out of my mouth. That's the place where where I think God says, I don't want you just sitting on the sidelines anymore. And Mm. for so long, Uh, people have sat on the sidelines in the face of injustice, and just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. Let me say this one more thing. Um, This is not a knock because I know, and everybody knows, there are amazing police officers out there, and you keep hearing like it has to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, When we want to talk about the bad ones, it's, oh, but there's so many good ones. And I get that, and I I was thinking about this the other day, Tim, is that if I needed a prescription uh, because if I got sick, that this was gonna be a pill that would be able to help me in whatever. If I got a broken leg, I could take this pill. If I got a headache, I could take this pill. And there's 100 pills in that bottle uh, for whatever I need it for. But two of the pills in that bottle uh, will kill me. The other 98, every single pill will satisfy anything that goes wrong. But there's two in there that will kill me. And you put those two in there and you shake that bottle up and you give me that bottle and you tell me you can use this bottle for whatever ails you. I'm not going in that bottle, yeah, yeah. and I'm telling you, I'm 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 not taking the odds that those two are the ones that I'm not going to pull out. And that's what our when we talk about the good police officers, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. And it's not the good that's the issue; it's yeah. the two that's in that's going right. to kill
1: me right. Right. that I'm that concerned about. Right, and I've had some I've had some police officers that have been up, upset with me, you know, talking about George Floyd, and, and they've they've said that same thing too. One of the things I said is. Um, and, and I want to hear what you would say. But I, one of the things I've said to them is, look, when a pastor falls, um, I just have to own it. I know that all pastors aren't, you know, egotistical maniacs or, or you know, greedy or sexually perverted or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. But I have to own it. And I have, to, I have to live in that tension. What would you say to my police officers, first responders, people that are listening to today
2: as, as a black man? What would you say to them? Um... That's a, that's a tough question. Uh, simply because, um, I, I love uh, our people who are first responders. I love uh, those that protect us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think understanding what policing is and was founded on uh, in uh, our nation. Uh, gives me license to be able to speak into if we understand what policing originally was and what it was founded for um, allows us to understand what we need to do to reform it and to fix it. I know people are saying defund the police. I'm not saying defund the police. Um, uh, Some people were, you know, I don't believe that's the key. What I do believe, though, is that there has to be a reform uh, if you historically go back and you you look at – Uh, officers, uh, some people will say that the word officer came from the word overseer uh, and because of when you had slaves that would escape uh, in in slavery. If if you don't know Parkview, slavery actually happened here in America. Uh, It may not be in our history books, it's not taught, but uh, it happened. Uh, And uh, from that standpoint, uh, overseers, after the abolition of slavery, overseers became officers. And so the way that uh, that transition took place is that now uh, you didn't have even black officers on the force until, you know, probably the 50s or right. maybe the 60s. Yeah, it was, it was the 60s. It was much later. And so just understanding what the institution of it is, that um, it, it takes a different mindset of the people who are to protect and serve uh, to be able to understand that the same way that they are here to protect and serve you, they're here to protect and serve me. Yeah. And the same way that I talked about that bottle of pills, yeah. you know, don't look at the blacks like we're 98 of those bad pills right. and two good ones. Right, that's not the same the, thing. That's it's got to go the back the same and forth. thing, it goes back and yeah. forth.
1: So talk about being tired, because you and I had this conversation earlier. I mean, just explain the riots, explain how you're seeing the social
2: phenomenon about what's been going on. Yeah. Well, white America can get tired, but you can turn tired off. Like you can stand yeah. for a cause or you can help uh, black out your social media page for a day or you can come and be involved in a march and you can lend uh, your voice to something. But when you get tired of it or, or when you get tired of seeing it on your timeline, when you get tired of it, you can you can turn tired off. Um, uh, black America cannot turn right. tired off. And the cur- continuous theme is I'm tired. I'm tired, I am exhausted, I am so tired. How many times do we have to do it? I'm so tired, because black people stay woke all the time. And if you're woke and you don't get to be asleep, you are tired, and right now, white america and a lot of other americans that are not black are finally being awakened to something that has been there all along when you watch george floyd and you look at that it's like oh it's like a moment of oh i am now awakened this is a bad thing no it's not just that that is a bad thing but it happens more than you know and you've just now been awakened to it so Mm -hmm. now when you're tired, when, you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing this, mm. you are getting just a glimpse of, we know that you're tired of seeing it. Imagine never being able to go to sleep to it ever again, because yeah. now that you're awakened to it. And this is Matrix, man. Once you take the right. pill right. and you see it, <laughs> now you can't just nonchalantly make it go away now. Like it's you know the guy in Matrix, yeah. he wants to go yeah. back. Yeah. I, I wanna take the other pill yeah. and just not Neither remember ever. anything. Yeah. I've got skin in the game. <laughs> I need more than just black skin in the game. Yeah, we need some different right. color skin uh, in the game.
1: Like I get, I st- I start. I think I'm starting to understand yeah. the conversation, and I think white America is way more woke now. It just this this incredible onslaught just recently of you know one thing after another after another. We have to get past. Yeah. Um, my wife made a post. Um, beautiful post and she said you know early on in this and she said you know um when one of my kids is su- uh, three kids but if one of them is suffering i'm gonna go to that kid and mm-hmm. and i've heard other people say that along the way when she posted it <laughs> she wrote all lives matter when one of my kids you know is hurting.' I, I, and." Caught I it. caught it really fast. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. back that up, back that it up. Oh, it yeah. Take it down, take it down. <laughs> Redo it. And she did. And she was like, I don't, I don't understand. What, what's the deal? Um, explain Black Lives Matter to us a little bit and, and why it's important for us right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I agree. I agree that all lives matter. Right. Imago that's, Dei. Never no. a, a that, that's never been a point of contention, that's never been an argument. It becomes an argument if you see that black lives don't matter and you want to say all lives matter because that means that's a lie. Yeah. It means all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. And so I think it was Antoine that that basically made the the statement. I I thought it was so profound uh, the way he he laid that out there. Let me say once again, black lives matter. There's an organization. Black lives matter. There is just the, a reality, a reality yes, that yes. whether you are with the organization or not, yeah. can we agree that that a Black Lives uh, matters? And and uh, I think he gave the, the illustration uh, that right now we've been quarantined, the the spacing we normally had, that the, the fist awkward fist yeah, bumps and yeah. all those different things uh, because of, of COVID nineteen. We're right. in a space of COVID nineteen, and right now, it's the thing. That we have to find a cure for. It's the thing that is taking people out at alarming rates. COVID nineteen is the virus that is that is doing this. Yeah. Now, who stands up and says, "But what about cancer? Cancer is a, is a disease. Yeah. What about polio? What about heart ALS? Yeah, what it, about heart disease? Yeah. All diseases matter. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. But right now. The focus has to be on COVID nineteen because it's the one that's burning the, the house pandemic. down. Yeah, and here's here's one
1: very personal thing that's kind of got me this time. Okay, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I may be more woke than I realize is because my middle daughter and son-in-law and in, in Ventura, California, are in the process of adopting mm-hmm. and. Um, they're both bilingual in Spanish, and they're in a 60 percent Spanish area in Oxnard, California. And it's, I mean, it, they would really love to adopt a kid that is not white, they're going to adopt whatever God brings them. Mm-hmm. But I've been sitting here processing me and my white grandkids, and all of a sudden, maybe I have. A, a, a Hispanic grandkid or I have a black grandkid or some mix of something, black or brown, somewhere in the way, and, and, and I'm, I'm out, you know, out on my road letting them drive my truck, teaching them how to drive at, at age, you know, whatever. I, I, I'd probably be 10 for me, but we'll just say 15, <laughs> so I'm in good shape, and, and, and I start to think about what it looks like for them to drive yeah. And I know a lot of people, white people are going to argue with me, this is not true, this is not true, this is not true. Everybody I've talked to said it's true. I, and I have to have a conversation yes, with my do. grandson or my granddaughter you to say, listen... I mean, we're talking long time from now, 16 years from now. I gotta have a conversation to say, listen, if you get pulled over, you need to put your hands on the steering wheel, roll down your window, turn off the radio, yes, and say, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and do whatever they tell you to do. Yes. And my grandkid says, but Papa, does Caleb have to do that? Does Olivia have to do that? Mm.
2: Well, no. I
1: can't have that conversation
2: Montel, and that's wrong. You shouldn't have to have that conversation. Let me, let me go just a, a little further. Um, I, I had to explain to my eight year old daughter, I have to explain why mommy and daddy sad. Why, why mommy and daddy sad? Yeah. Well, because honey, um, a man named George died. Well, daddy, um, how did George die? Well, George was killed. George was killed? Daddy, who killed George? A police officer killed George. Why did a police officer kill George? The police officers are supposed to help us. Yeah, baby, the police officers are supposed to help us and most police officers do help us. Do I have to be scared? My eight year old asked me, does she have to be scared? What do I say to her? What do I I say? Do I tell some variation of the truth to say, no honey, you don't have to be scared of the police because they're here to protect and to serve you. Or is there a piece in there that somebody's gotta have the empathy to understand Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to shouldn't give have to her an, an alternate reality of, yeah. or trying to fix something so that she won't be fearful. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, man. I got grandsons, man. I know. Two and five months old. And they're beautiful babies right now. Yeah. They're yeah. some of the most beautiful Beautiful kids you would ever see And they're beautiful to everybody right now Until they turn 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. And wear a hoodie And walk into
1: a convenience store I know that I know that Jesus looked down from the cross and said Father forgive them And I know that, in the same way that Jesus would say, "We got to go take care of the of the marginalized people." That's my whole life. That's my yeah. whole ministry. Love your freaking neighbor as yourself. What part of that do you not understand? Yeah. The same time he would look, he looked down from the cross at those people that didn't get it, and said, "Father, forgive them." Um, speak into that. Yeah. As a, as a as a as a black man to a white man, speak into that, and and tell
2: me what I can do. Yep. The reality, uh, Jesus goes to the cross. He's there. He's taken on the sin of the world, and in that moment, he says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." I I said, I believe that there were people. That Jesus, you are accurate, they don't know what they're doing, but I believe there were people there that did know what they were doing Absolutely I think they I think they they yeah. knew what they were doing, yeah. but even knowing what they were doing, Jesus is like, but you still don't know yeah. what you were doing, and I think that when you get to a modern day world where we're looking at seeing modern day Whether it's racial crucifixions, whether it's just Christianity being put on trial, uh, whatever that looks like, uh, we have to be able to look and to be able to recognize that in order to remedy this, um, we have to be accountable for what is before us in order for us to change anything moving forward uh, for any healing to take place. That's where we gotta be, man. Yeah. And we can't let somebody else do that. That's what, what we have to do. And the church has to do that this time. Mm-hmm. The we white the church has to do that this time. The black churches, they out there, they're trying to figure it out. Here we go again, this, that, and right. other. Yeah. This is the time where I need the white church to be woke. Yeah, I need the white church yeah. to be woke. Uh, and stand up and take your rightful place in what Jesus would have us do. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is what Jesus would have us do. He paused time. He put everybody on time out. God timed out the world. He put us all and sent us to the corner and said, don't nobody move. Stay, everybody stay here because I want you to see something. And now that we see it, what do we do with that? Yeah. The church
1: has to be what God put us here to do. Yeah, And, and for me, I
2: mean, you know, I, this thing has to stop. I wanna challenge Parkview, man. I wanna challenge the Parkview community, the and Park community, all the different parts of, of Parkview. Yeah. Listen, there are folks out there that are standing for injustice and they're not in church. They just look and they say, that's evil. That's wrong. I don't even go to church. I don't tithe. Right. Right. But I can recognize wrong and I can speak into something that mm-hmm. I see that's wrong. Mm-hmm. If somebody that doesn't know Jesus can step up in, in the face of, of, of wrong, in the face of sin, in the face of evil, and you don't go to church, how dare you wear the name of Jesus? Right. Amen, how, how can you call on the name of Jesus and not step into the fray of, to step out of complacency and step into that place of empathy, the church should be taking the lead in this. And that's my prayer. I don't just want just just regular white folks. I, I love everybody. It, it's cool. I, anybody that takes up the cause to help right. uh, injustice yeah. be eradicated, I need that. But. For me personally, somebody that's a pastor that loves Jesus, that lives for Jesus and will die for Jesus, I want to know that other people that love the Jesus that I love are standing, are standing with me and not watching me. Yeah, It's not
1: a spectator sport, man. I am. We are. Can I pray with you? Social Absolutely. distancing. I'm still going to hold your hand. Yeah. We, your arms are long enough, we can hold hands six feet apart, I think.
2: Yeah, just don't sneeze. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Father God. <laughs> um, it's ironic that Montel and I are here together because the time we met each other was uh, when Rick Warren called a bunch of white guys and black guys together to talk about Charlottesville. And yeah. unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of, of room, a lot of, uh, a lot of movement forward since then and Jesus. and I, i'm woke lord uh, you know i'm woke you, and i'm not i'm not saying that selfishly because i may finally have a person of color in my home someday i'm woke because i Jesus. am not going to stand for this anymore yes, we are going to be the church we are going to be reconciled with each other we are going to love our neighbor as ourself even if that means uh that we have to reach farther out than maybe we normally do because it's a very white area around us, Lord. And we've had that as an excuse to be able to say, "Well, we're not very diverse because our area is not very diverse." But I'm tired of that. I, I'm, I'm I want it. Yeah. I want us to represent the kingdom of God. I want us to represent heaven, and um, I pray that you'll help us as we do that, Lord. Thanks, be with everybody listening to us, because I know. Um, I know our our officers are having a hard time with this, and and, and I pray for them because they're such good people, and they want to do the right thing, and they hate this as much as everybody. They hate it more than everybody else, and I know that, and I just pray for them, and I pray for the The people of color that are listening that they will really feel our heart on this issue and we're not you, gonna Jesus. we're not gonna beat it up. It's not gonna become our flag that we fly every week around here. It's just that we know that this is something that we are going to stand for as yes, a church. In the same way that we stand for justice in other areas and we're gonna love, we are gonna do this, Lord. And Thank I pray you. for Montel and Kristen as they raise their Thank their family and I pray for I pray for their ministry. I pray for the things that they get the opportunity to do. I pray for him as he preaches here in a couple of weeks that you'll fill him with your spirit, Lord, and just let us represent the color of the kingdom in a beautiful way because we are together and we are unified. That's what you pray. In Jesus' name
2: I pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, man. Bless you.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us on the podcast today, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Pastors Tim and Montel. This was actually an edited version of a longer conversation. And if you want to hear more, we're actually going to be posting the full interview on YouTube and Facebook. So check it out. Make sure you share it with others. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and join one of our Facebook groups. All you've got to do on either of those platforms is just search for Parkview Christian Church. You're also going to want to make sure to keep an eye on social media and your email because we're going to be launching in-person prayer gatherings at our physical locations in July. If you're not part of our email list, we'd love for you to be. Pastor Tim's been sending out weekly updates that we really don't want you to miss. And the easiest way to make sure you're subscribed is just by heading over to parkviewchurch.com slash next steps and filling out the form that's there. Well, thanks again for joining us today, everyone. Now to him who's able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before his glorious throne with great joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power now and forever. Amen. Take care, everyone.